Hello, it is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, (laughs) Independence Day for Mexico, and I also believe a day that is normally correlated with good times, margaritas, you know, just, I was going to try to, I don't know anything else. Cervezas, Jesus, there it is. Cervezas, tacos, celebrating the Mexican culture. But if you can't do that because you're still in quarantine, or if you're like most of the world and just out and about, Indianapolis is wide open at this point. We have no idea if the COVID-19 numbers are going to skyrocket or keep going down. If they skyrocket, I know why. It's because everybody's living their life as if nothing's going on out here. I think in a lot of different places. And if they continue to go down, all these people that are living their life wide open are going to brag for the rest of their lives. I remember when they told me, stay in the house. I went out on the lake and started hopping around different boats, bonging beers. Nothing happened. But we have no idea what's going to happen, so we might as well just continue to try and enjoy this life. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yesterday was May the 4th. I know nothing about Star Wars. Do know a little bit about conversation, though. And I think we got a couple good ones for you. Tweet me, hashtag, this is where I'm at, Pat, with a picture of your setting. I want to see where you're at, see what you're doing, learn a little bit about you, and you might win some free merch. We've given away hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts thus far. Hope to give away some more. We appreciate you. If you like this show, tell your friends. If not, just act like you never listened to it. Let's get to it. Joining us now is a man who knows the NFL inside and out. He's a lifer, backup quarterback for a long time, uh, and starting quarterback stud for the Seattle Seahawks. Ladies and gentlemen, he wants the ball, he's going to score, and he's going to give us all the information we could possibly need. Friend of the show, partner in the booth, Matt Hasselbeck. Play 60, Matt. Play 60. Play football, Pat. Play football. Oh. I'll play 60. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, play you... anything right now. Come on. I, amen. Uh, what is that shirt? What is that? What? What is that? You know what? I don't know. I've had it on for four days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was a shirt they gave us uh, at the Pro Bowl. I got to call the oh. Pro Bowl. John Gruden left the booth. They were like, it was like uh, midweek. They were like, hey, who, you know, lefty, bring in. You're like, we need someone to call a game. But in the process of that, I actually think I might have played in a flag football, like a celebrity mm. flag uh, football game. <laughs> Deion Sanders, Willie McGinnis. Uh, I actually got sacked by, I think, one of the stars of the show, Lizzie McGuire. It was like Disney Channel stars. Okay. And like former NFL players. Nice. But I got a free T-shirt out of the deal, and I've been, I've been rocking it all week. How did you perform? Did you throw the ball? Could you still spin it a little bit? You know, I was doing pretty well until I popped a calf muscle. So I legitimately yeah. heard it, like, popped a calf muscle. What happened is we tried to run Philly special, but Deion Sanders wanted to throw the touchdown. So, like, I let him come into – he was the captain of our team. I let him come in and get the quarterback spot to throw the ball, and it looked like it was a pick six. So I just put my head down. I was running the back pylon. I've thrown many interceptions in my life, so I knew what to do. So I was running for the back pylon to make the tackle, and boom – uh, and the ball wasn't even picked off. That was the bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the play even worked, but oh well. Hey, that's what happens whenever you get old, man. It's just the way it goes. You got old in this league. Uh, you retire and have an incredible television career. You are incredible at what you do when you get on the microphone. I learn something every single time. Got a chance to call a lot of games with you. It was a lot of fun. Let's talk about either, do you want to talk about older quarterback who's in an interesting position or a quarterback that just got a new home first? 
Hey, whatever you want to talk about, man, just bring it on. Let's okay. go. Okay. Well, we got to do this then. Dalton signs a three-year or a three million dollar one-year deal with incentives up to seven million dollars to the Dallas Cowboys. They're obviously in a very interesting position with Dak Prescott, who they've offered a franchise tag. There has been zero updates on how that negotiation's going. He has until July to sign the thirty-two or thirty-one point nine million dollar franchise tag. And when you look at the numbers, I am not saying Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton because, to be honest, I'm not a 100% certain that that is the case. Andy Dalton is a winning quarterback. Does he still have years in him of winning football? And will he getting this playbook, what, two, three months in advance before Dak Prescott with Mike McCarthy and this entire Zoom session time? Is Andy Dalton potentially the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys this year? Uh, well, you got a lot in that question there. Listen, Andy Dalton absolutely has winning football ahead of him. But no, I think this is Dak Prescott's team. Andy Dalton found himself in like a really tough spot. Uh, the Bengals made it seem like they were going to hang on to him. He was going to get his $17 million to basically either play or mentor, mentor uh, Joe Burrow, much like John Kitna did to Carson Palmer in Cincinnati when mm. Carson Palmer was the first pick overall. But out of nowhere, the Bengals like flip-flop, flip-flop, didn't know what to do, couldn't make a decision, made a decision late in the game. And now all of a sudden, Andy Dalton finds himself released, free agent, gets to pick his landing spot where he wants to play football for the first time since he was in high school and he chose to go to TCU. So I think Andy Dalton was just looking around. There were definitely teams that wanted to bring in Andy Dalton, teams like uh, let's just say the Jacksonville Jaguars probably were willing to pay him a lot more money. Really? Yes, Gardner Minshew's our guy, but we need a backup plan because if we don't do well this year, there's going to be a new head coach in Jacksonville. So there's those situations, but I think Andy Dalton, I believe this is Andy Dalton's ninth year in the league, maybe 10th year in the league, something like that. Andy Dalton probably looked around and said, you know what, this is not the year to be a free agent quarterback. There are not a lot of openings. However, next year, there could be some great openings. There are some veteran quarterbacks who may or may not play next year. Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, other things open up. And so mm. if I'm Andy Dalton, I would want to be a free agent next year and take this year to get with a great organization, an organization who spends money, has an obsession with winning, an organization that has great offensive coaching, and kind of work on your game and be ready for next year. And I think that's probably what Andy Dalton did, took less money to go with a team that potentially could win it all. And, uh, oh, by the way, he happens to be uh, living in Dallas, has a house in Dallas, seems pretty convenient. Okay, there's a lot to digest there from your answer. But <laughs> let me dive into that a little bit. Uh, you think that? Did you hear from sources that Jacksonville was interested, or is that just what you're speculating because that would make sense? No, I mean, I don't even need to know from sources. I mean, just look around. Doug Marone was sort of a surprise keep-your-job candidate this past year. Uh, so, I mean, when you have a coach like that, that it's like a win-at-all-cost, you're just trying to basically – you're just trying to win now. You're not thinking about the future. Now, I know that they would love it if Gardner Minshew became the guy. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Why else would you trade away Nick Foles? But – um, they See, I think they're the tanking. Shirt. We think they're tanking. We think tank, 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 tank. I think there's a chance. I mean, they're trying to trade away everybody. Cam Newton's on the market still. They didn't. They're not interested in him. They weren't into Tom Brady sweepstakes. And Gawkway wants the hell out of there. Jalen Ramsey's gone. They're, everybody. It feels like they're Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and that could be completely wrong. But it does yeah. feel like that's potentially a case. 
No, I, I don't. I just think they're like searching for an identity, searching for direction. Who's really in charge? Uh, you know, I'm sure they know that. It's just probably not evident to us. But like to me, I believe it was Leonard Fournette who came out and did an interview and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, basically was lobbying for the team to sign Cam Newton." And it seems very logical, actually, for the same reason that I said that Jacksonville would be interested. They should be interested in, in uh, Cam Newton as well. But what happened the very next day? He's on the All trading the block. He's on the trading block. So basically, that's not what they want. They, I think they really want Gardner Minshew to be the guy. Minshew mania, I believe he's, in their mind, very, very marketable, has a lot of upside. Uh, they're a team that struggles a little bit with filling the seats. They're a team that has to work at marketing. Uh, they, they can't, it's not, they're not like some of these other teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, like who are just going to have sellouts all the time. So, um, it's a little bit more challenging to be successful in Jacksonville than it is in some of, some of the other markets. All right. Agree to disagree. I think they're tanking, but it is <laughs> what now there's not a lot of spots now because you said the Jacksonville Jaguars are interested in Andy Dalton in my head. I'm like, okay, there's a team that's looking for a quarterback. Then that's why whenever Nick Citro, a Bucks reporter blogger from uh, Florida said that after turning down other lucrative offers, Jameis has chosen the new Orleans saints because I wanted to know what other places he was turning on offers because then you you can assume that that team is in the market for a quarterback because there's a quarterback out there named Cam Newton who I feel like has a massive chip on his shoulder, seems to be in shape, seems to be healthy. Where does he end up now? Because it seems like with this musical chairs game, there's no, there's not a lot of chairs left to be sitting down in. Yeah, well, similar thing with Jameis. I think Jameis did a smart thing. You know, he's realizing that, hey, this could be an opportunity to get in a great organization, great coaching staff, uh, learn behind Drew Brees for a year, and then maybe be the uh, the heir apparent or go somewhere else to play. Cam Newton's a little trickier, okay? Similar to Andy Dalton, Carolina held on to him for a while, let him go late, and there just aren't any spots. I, I sat I sat in this room on SportsCenter and said it at the time, I just... I just don't see uh, where Cam Newton lands other than maybe the Washington Redskins mm. uh, because Ron Rivera, um, Scott Turner, they have you know sort of a history with him. I just don't – it's just like musical chairs. And every quarterback will tell you, any quarterback that's ever been a free agent, it's just it's, – that's what it is. It's musical chairs. You're sitting around waiting to see what chairs get filled. And once they're filled, they're filled. And so Cam Newton finds himself in an interesting situation where – Again, is he talented enough to play? Absolutely. Is someone going to pay him a ton of money to come in and be their guy? Probably not. So to me, the Washington Redskins are the team that would make the most sense. And I know they tried traded for Kyle Allen. They gave up only a fourth rounder for that. Uh, I know they have Dwayne Haskins. To me, in my mind, he's got a lot of potential. He's raw. He is not ready to play. So uh, that's kind of how I see the situation. Wow. Dwayne Haskins just taking shots from Hasselbeck Sports Center room. Listen, Dwayne Haskins has some awesome college tape. At Ohio State, he broke all of Drew Brees' Big Ten records. But when you turn on the NFL tape, there's just a learning progression. If someone would have made me play in my first or maybe even in my second year, I would not have done well. And so having the opportunity to sit back and maybe watch from somebody who's been there, done it, maybe Cam Newton, maybe Kyle Allen, that would be good for Dwayne Haskins' career. 
How about this then? Let's not let's talk about somebody who's not going to play for their first year or second year, barring an injury to one of the greatest of all time. Jordan Love gets drafted to the Green Bay Packers. Ty Schmidt's very happy that we're continuing to talk about this <laughs> weeks later. They chose not to make their team better for the immediate future in the first round, even trading up to do so. If you're Aaron Rodgers, what's the mindset going into this year that you were one game away from the Super Bowl last year? You were an NFL quarterback for a long, long time. There are things that come with being an NFL quarterback for a long, long time, brain, uh, uh, activity, moods, things of that nature, how you view yourself because how you have to view yourself. If you're Aaron Rodgers in that situation, how are you feeling? I hate it. I hate it. It's awful. It's, it was a bad move. And I don't even care if Jordan Love becomes a great quarterback. It's still a bad move. Um, this is different to me than when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. They had Brett Favre as their quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers fell to them in the draft. Like they were sitting there at 24, 25, whatever it was, and they were like, well, shoot. I mean, they just caught him. They just caught him, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just caught him as he was falling there. That was mean of you. But listen, Aguilar is going to invite you to an Eagles game now. But listen, here's what happened this time. They traded up to get Jordan Love, and I just don't understand it. I, if, I'm, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, here's what I think will happen. Aaron Rodgers will say all the right things. He will do all the right things. He'll be at the top of mountains being like, yo, relax, chill out, have fun. We're good. However, I am sure he's pissed. I am sure he's angry, and I'm sure, just like you said, he was like, wait a second, you could have used a first-rounder to help us go win it all. Instead, you did something very different, and uh, you know, I'll let other people say it because it's that obvious. Have you ever had any beef with like a coach? And how does this – because the starting quarterback and the coach – literally have to be on the same page. I mean, now granted, it's turned out that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have had enough of each other at the end. I think that was apparent coming. But Tom Brady was always willing to take less money because Bill Belichick and he had a conversation, which made the entire team be able to do that. So I think Bill and Tom were always on the same page until they weren't and then he left. It's like quarterback and head coach have to be tied at the hip almost. It's like something that has to happen because you're the two leaders of the team. What do you think with LaFleur and Rodgers, how that's going to – kind of work i guess yeah I, I believe they're gonna have good communication i mean on a much much smaller scale my last year in seattle i was in seattle 10 years pete carroll's the head coach he calls me outside uh right on the lake on lake washington there and he's like hey let's play a, a game of one-on-one uh, -on -one hoops pete carroll's all about competition he's got a basketball hoop out there and over a game of hoops he tells me basically that they're going to give up i think it was a third round pick and they're trading for charlie whitehurst uh and i was Quite honestly, I was like a little upset about it, right? So he was like, you know, our, 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 our plan was to draft Golden Tate and then I think another wide receiver, maybe Eric Decker or somebody like that. Uh, but instead, we got Golden Tate and Charlie Whitehurst. And, and he was like, hey, you know, competition will bring out the best in everybody. It's okay. And what I tried to say to him at the time was like, listen, it's nothing against Charlie Whitehurst and it's not that I'm like disinterested in having competition. I'm all for that. But similar to when Steve Young was on the 49ers and the 49ers used a first-round pick to draft Jim Druckenmiller out of Virginia Tech, like it wasn't that Steve Young was upset with the competition opportunity with Jim Druckenmiller. It just was that, hey, listen, you could have gotten us a guard or an extra defensive back or a wide receiver. And I, I believe it's, that's the mindset that you see that Aaron Rodgers probably has right now. Maybe even what you saw out of Ben Roethlisberger when they drafted Mason Rudolph. Like, hey, listen, I'm not going to play forever. I'm closer to the end of my career than I am to the beginning. Let's go get pieces that can help us win now. Let's go get weapons 
I will do the part. I will do the job at the quarterback spot. But, you know, again, this is the NFL, and sometimes even great players are reminded of the fact that the team is thinking about life after them. Clipboard Jesus was a cool dude, too. <laughs> he is. Yeah, you know, he's a great guy. He's a cool guy. There was... He and I started sharing stories with each other one night whenever we both had a uh, couple beverages, and it was a legendary evening. But I could see how you would feel the way you feel. Did you beat Pete Carroll in that one-on-one game, and is that why he – did he beat you? You know what? I don't remember. But oh. if, no, but listen, even if, uh, even if I beat him, which I don't even know if I did, uh, he played the entire game in flip-flops. As I think at the time, the second oldest coach in the NFL. So he's a, he's actually a phenomenal athlete, great competitor, and uh, pretty good hooper. Imagine if he beat you in flip flops while telling you he was drafting your place. <laughs> <laughs> Insult to injury, right? That's a tough. That is a tough go of it. Um, all right, the Patriots, a team that you know a lot about, by the way, right? I mean, I know about as much as everybody else knows. They're a very private team. So, I mean, publicly. I don't know anything privately. But I do know this, and I kind of know where you're going, I think. Jared Stidham's their guy. Like, they believe in Jared Stidham. And I believed in Jared Stidham when he was coming out, but I don't know that I believed in him as much as they believe in him. So whether you're talking to Bill Belichick or Josh McDaniels or anybody uh, that you know works for the Patriots, I think you're going to hear the same thing. We're excited about Jared Stidham. We'll see if we can coach him up, and we'll see if he can be the guy to take us where we want to go. That's insane to me. You think they're going to? Do you think they're going to be a good football team next year? They still have Belichick. I, I mean, I feel like if, when you have Belichick, I think teams get out coached more than people think in the NFL. And I think whenever you have a coach who gets it, that is not always the norm in every single franchise city. You think the Patriots still win some games next year strictly because of Belichick? Yeah, I do. And I would even say that not only do the Patriots outcoach people, but I think they psych them out, too. Like, I've seen, mm. I've watched film where a team's going and playing the Patriots, the team's been hot, and that team will try to overthink it. They'll try to reinvent oh. themselves. Oh. Like, they have bread and butter plays, and they almost get in their own head, and they're like, oh, gosh, we can't run these bread and butter plays. They're going to know about it. We're going to do something tricky. We're going to do something different. We're going to beat them left-handed is, is like a common phrase. And it just hasn't worked. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the Patriots have a chance to uh, to still be special this season. Are you talking about our uh, our fake punt there? Is that what you were just referring to there? You know? No, I, I wasn't actually thinking about us, but uh, that was a good idea, I think, the fake punt. Theory. <laughs> Poorly executed, but it was, a, it was a good idea. I think it was good in theory. Like, I think it was a very good theoretical thing, but boy, just a couple miscommunication pieces there, and it really <laughs> ends up in infamy. Uh, Hasselbeck, I can't thank hey, you. Yeah. Hey, real quick, have you guys seen the Project 11, the oh, Alex oh, Smith? Okay. Because... To me, like everyone's talking about the last dance and all that stuff, and that's great. I agree. But um, Project 11 is must-see television. If you ever really wanted to know uh, what it's what it could be like as an NFL player, just sort of the mindset, I think Alex Smith does an amazing job of the kind of showing the mindset of what what you have to have. And, and he has dealt with more adversity than almost anybody. But that, that's an amazing 
documentary that E60 did. Thanks for bringing that up. I probably should have done that earlier in the hour, but that was so long ago. On Friday, they aired that thing. Watching, I didn't. I don't think anybody fully understood what Alex Smith was going through. Now, granted, there was a couple people that tweeted me that told me I didn't understand what was going on, but I had no idea what he was battling through behind the scenes. 17 surgeries, his hamstrings, his shin, he had that thing on his leg, and then the battle, and then his wife, obviously, being his tag team partner through the entire thing. His first time getting to throw the ball after all of that again, it was like you saw the pure happiness in his eyes. I just think I didn't respect Alex Smith enough. I always said that Alex Smith was at his peak whenever he got hurt. That guy was trending up somehow whenever he was so late into his career. He played MVP like football for the Kansas City Chiefs. They got him the hell out of town because the actual MVP came in. But then whenever he gets hurt, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. That story has been remarkable to like relearn about, just like this Jordan stuff. Thank you for bringing that up. You're 100. Did you yeah. know Alex right. Smith? What's that? Did you know Alex? Do you know Alex pretty well? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean we kind of know each other, all all the guys. But uh, you know, he's he's a great guy, and I would just say that he's. Um, my favorite thing about finding out about a quarterback is you ask the other quarterbacks who have played with that guy. And so, like, there's a clip in there where I think it's maybe just 10 seconds, 15 seconds of Patrick Mahomes talking about Alex Smith. And I think that summarizes Alex Smith and who he is really, really well. How would Andrew Luck talk about Matt Hasselbeck, you think? Ooh, probably a lot of jokes. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of old jokes, a lot of fat jokes, all kinds of jokes. Well, you look good right now. I'm happy you can play football still. I hope Alex Smith does well. Did you ever golf with Jordan? No, no, almost, but no, never did. Get good, because you can get a lot of money out of that round. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I think he wins some, too. I think he's hustling people, but... Hey, it's good to be with you, Pat. Good to be with the boys. I miss you guys, and uh, happy belated birthday, dude. Hey, thank you for being on that video, too, by the way. That was so cool. I w Now, granted, Foxy edited it. I don't think you saw the entire edit. You putting chalk on your hands, going down to grab it, and then Foxy has that at the beginning of the video, your statement, and then there's a couple other people, and then at the end, it's you celebrating. I don't know if you got that weight or not, but in my eyes, you did, and I thank you so much for being a part of that. Oh, I got a good pump in, man. I got a good pump. Well, but, sometimes uh, you're going to wake him up. <laughs> Wake him up! Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Hasselbeck. Thank you, yeah. Woo. Sorry for interrupting this <laughs> fabulous conversation. I mean, we were really talking good. Mm -hmm. Huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, I was proud of what we were talking. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, you're not going to hear that anywhere else. I was like, you know what? Those guys right there, the way they're talking, good. You know? I hear you. Really good. Um, with the ever-increasing number of makes of cars, you know? Mm -hmm. You got Fiat. Sure. Kia. Yeah. Hyundai. Yep. Honda. Mm-hmm. Jeep. Yeah. GM. Yeah. Yuka. Nope. I miss it. Chevrolet. Chevy. Ford. Yeah. Cadillac. List goes on and on. Genesis. Uh, Eagle. Lincoln. Saturn. Ferrari. Tesla. Lamborghini. Audi. Uh, Volvo. Beamer. <laughs> Mercedes. Did you already use that? No, but I was just in Germany, though. That's like, in, in my head, I couldn't. Maserati. Uh, Go to Italy. Ferrari, Lambo. Anyways, there is a never-ending number of car mix these days. And models. Now, let's go. Pacifica, <laughs> Civic, <laughs> Wrangler. Camry. Yukon. 
Escalade. Sport. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. It is now impossible to stock all of the parts you could potentially need for a car in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Excuse me, is your car the Odyssey LX, PX, DX, OX, or EX? It's like, I don't know. I fucking bought it two years ago. They're like, well, what type of thing is this? It's kind of an intimidating thing because you feel like an idiot because you don't know every single thing about your car, which is what the people at the chain storefront need. And all they're going to do is type it into their little computer, and they're only going to be able to offer you whatever they have in the store. And that's why Rock Auto is a very, rockauto.com is a very different operation. They have everything your car could potentially need, and it's very easy to utilize. Rockauto.com is a family business business serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your damn car. Everything you could possibly need, rockauto.com has. Your traditional chain storefront just can't have everything that they have at rockauto.com. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same damn parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck write mcafee in there hey how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you that's right mcafee in there hey how'd you find out about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car could ever need right now at rockauto.com Another edition of McAfee and Hawks Sports Talk coming your way. I am the first half of the name McAfee to my left with piercing blue eyes, wearing a blue Arctic wolf shirt, AJ Hawk. What's happening, Pat? Did you have a good uh, birthday weekend? A birthday weekend was awesome. You know, did a lot of things. Got a chance to ride my steel pony around town. Indianapolis, I assume, much like everywhere else aside from the coast, was back to normal business. I saw people jumping off boats onto other people's boats. I saw more people in public this weekend than I had seen in a long time. I think a lot of humans have, uh, you know, kind of forfeited on the quarantine. And with that being said, if the numbers go down, they'll be out there on their boats bonging beer saying we told you so and if that number goes straight up they're all going to go back in their houses and be like well we we kind of fucked up a little bit but you could <laughs> you could see why we wanted to do that watch some shows watch the last dance inhaled some vitamins from all over the country shout out to the people watching right now that sent me a lot of stuff from everywhere that you're at and had a great weekend a lot of self-reflection i feel good how about you how was your weekend well i'm just so i'm curious Go ahead. You say you, you consume a lot of vitamins from all over the country. Oh, so yeah. when you get random things sent to you in the mail, you just ingest them. You don't no, no, worry? No. no, these are from people that I know. Oh, okay. okay. Does that that's, make sense? That's good then. It's like, what do you get the person who buys everything on the spot that he could have ever potentially want? My friends have learned it's just you send me vitamins. <laughs> from, oh, hey, got this at uh, this place sent over. I had a wild strain as well. I won't do ever again. But, <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it was a pretty awesome weekend. That's good to hear, man. I'm glad you had a good weekend. And it's, I think it was the perfect storm when it, mm-hmm. everyone's been locked down for a long time. I oh, know yeah. Indianapolis, the weather was nice. Oh, yeah. In Columbus, Ohio, the weather was awesome. Friday, Saturday was a perfect weather day. Sunday was really nice. And so when I was driving around through the neighborhoods, I mean, there's a billion people out and about. Bro, there was a DJ in the neighborhood across the street having a street party. <laughs> I mean, it was a block party. It has been – and once again, we can't state enough – 
I am on neither side of this entire argument. I just can't wait to see if the numbers go yodely, 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 or if they go like this. And if they go like this, everybody's going to be like, yeah, we went start crazy. We went outside because the weather was nice for the first time in six months and nothing happened. If it goes the other way, obviously those people have to be inside while the weather's nice, I think. Pat, so right before we went live, yeah, uh, yeah. you yeah. were a bit frustrated. I don't know if that's something you can you want to get off your chest. You want to chat about it? What's happening? Well, you know, I'm really, I'm trying. Let me reset. <laughs> Liquid death. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I think we're all in a mission here to try to make these shows as good as possible. For the people that dedicate their time to watching us on YouTube, we are very, very grateful for it. I mean, very, very, very thankful. And I wanna take this thing to the next level. You know, I, I wanna go to the next level. So I wanted to hire like a booker, you know, like a, a big time booker, somebody that books things that are bigger for your show. And since everybody's in isolation, we don't have to be in LA or New York anymore because FaceTime works just as good. So I wanted to invest in this company invest in this YouTube channel to get big guests so we can have random conversations and continue to build this thing because we're so grateful for the people that are already watched. We want to make it bigger and more regular and everything like that. Then now I'm starting to learn the fucking game and it, I, I can't do it. I, I, I just can't. I guess I had already offended one publicist with an email that was sent where I basically, go fuck yourself basically is what I said. That person relayed a message. Now I'm going to have to go on a kiss ass spree to get these people on the show and it's like, oh, you got the wrong one. I can't do it. Sorry. We got off the conversation now i'm worried that we're never going to be able to get another guest on this show from outside of our world that we already know so uh, all right I, I want to break it down i want to know what break it down you, you have to like you say you have to go on a kiss-ass tour to make up for whatever this email was it was is, a good email by the way somebody said email. like hey we can come on at this time and it's not when you're on live or what you just say no you're turning people down that they don't think you should turn down no so so tell us how you feel well i'm trying to explain this so i don't completely fucked up <laughs> so one particular person that wanted to do the booking for us said that i should probably get a, a publicist right so people can learn of me in places that don't know of me so the publicist gets me on shows so people can learn about me and know that i have a show okay so then she, i get recommended this one publicist and this publicist sends me an email right and this publicist now although i don't have a publicist i very much understand like hey you work for me here. Like, like this is, uh, I, I like, I. This is a awesome relationship. But the email, the tone that I got from said publicist was almost like, "I'll do you a favor and like I'll make time for you and this whole thing." So I just responded with like, a, "Yeah, well, actually, go fuck yourself. Send off." Completely forgot that it even <laughs> happened. Completely forgot that it even happened. Okay. So here we are, a month or two later. And we get back into this conversation about, you know, trying to get back in. And then I get immediately asked about said email. And then I get kind of taught the game of this thing. And I guess it's just one thing leads to another. And I ain't going to do it. I just ain't going to do it. So, I mean, it just feels like our show is potentially only going to grow however big we can get. And the people that are only going to be on the show are only the people we can get. And I'm okay with that because these tulips ain't kissing no asses, especially on <laughs> motherfuckers I never heard of before. <laughs> Grassroots, baby. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's the best way. All, the best bands, the best shows, the best movies, right. they all come from grassroots following where people, it's word of mouth. Word of people mouth. People are, are telling you, hey, what are you seeing? What do you like out there? Yep. First off, there's not a whole lot of people out there that don't know who you are, that oh. don't know what who your name, like, they don't, a lot of people know the name Pat McAfee and they know, oh, he's a, he's an entertaining character, even if they don't consume all of your content. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot of people that have no idea who I am. So okay, so you're telling me this publicist you need to go on yeah. some local radio show in North Dakota and pub your your YouTube channel? I think actually I'm good in North Dakota. I, I think <laughs> I think I'm actually pretty good in North Dakota and South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Pretty good in the Dakotas, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Shout out to South Dakota State. Let's go Jack Rabbits, go big, go blue. Go Jacks. Now North Dakota obviously got the uh Bison. Marker, the marker uh, mm. uh, trophy this past year. But I like North Dakota as well. I mean, North Dakota is a good place. Uh, shout out Ethan Stick, Ethan Stick and all that stuff. I think the middle of the country, we're in a good spot. It's those big buildings that people work in that don't know who mm. I am. You know, and those people, I guess, pulling a lot of strings up there. And the issue is the person that's pulling the strings, it's hard for me not to just go, hi, my name's Pat. And if I sense any disrespect from that person, it is just, I'm just never been good at it. I've just never been good at the whole, you know, talk down to me. I'll take it a little bit if I know who you are. But if I don't, and you're trying to work for me, and I'm trying to, I have to pay you? Like, oh, come. Hey. That's what I'll do to our relationship. I'll choke it out with one fuck you email. <laughs> well, I don't, even, I don't understand what the, the big issue is. Like, you don't, I just most don't. people that have publicists are actors, are people that are, are, in, in TV shows, maybe oh, yeah. some host, but a lot of athletes. I mean, obviously, there's some big time guys with publicists. But yeah, do you really? Like, so if you get a public, if you have a publicist, are they going to be pitching you like, "Hey, this guy was the third lead in the the latest Marvel movie," and if you turn them down, they're going to be pissed at you? Actually, it's <laughs> basically how it works. <laughs> I think that is that is kind of how the conversation went. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not cut out for that world. It's all right. Uh, it's not. I mean, it wasn't really that upset. It was just like me kind of taking a look inside and realizing that I'm probably going to end up being the sabotage of this entire thing because I can't just swallow it for uh, five, ten minutes. Literally, just can't do it. But live by the sword, die by the sword. Here we are, McAfee and Hawk. Uh, what's this wolf shirt? Is this a brand new one or is this one from deep into the closet? No, I haven't bought any new ones since we started doing this show. These are things that I have had. I'm, I'm running out, though. Maybe I need to place another order. Maybe I'll go on the the, the PMI Zoo, right? That's Connor's thing. Yeah. I think it's doing okay, I'm buddy. getting that Shaquille O'Neal shirt first, and then I'm going to go after maybe the, the wolf, you know, wolf uh, the tiger. You got everything. Shock. Oh, yeah. shock. 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 It's shock a shock. Shirt? It's a shock. Not Shaq. It's shock. 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 I'll ask the publicist what she thinks. Well, she doesn't know what shock is. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, no. She doesn't. What like if she shocks? came in and she started to do a little work for this show? And she's like, "Hey, show's great. I'm going to try to get uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to oh. come on the show, but AJ's got to stop wearing those stupid uh, animal shirts." I, just like you, would look at said person and say, "Tell a Cumberbatch to eat shit." Right? <laughs> is that not what we would do? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you got to do there's no way you can't do that or you can't sleep at night and i already have a hard time falling asleep <laughs> i don't need to add other things like that into it is cumberbatch alive oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. nice old ben hey any chance we get any uh, notable football players on the show within the next 24 hours well we're, i'm working on uh one guy who's, who's tentatively that? scheduled to come on tomorrow as you call him, I, I call him the Red Rocket. You call him oh, the Ginger Tarzan. Ginger oh, Tarzan! Oh, Andy Dalton's potentially coming on this show tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully. And he's he's it's 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 not a hundred percent confirmed, but maybe through us mentioning it on the show today, maybe he will feel enough pressure that he has to call in tomorrow. Bingo, because I think he agreed to come on because of his friendship with you. I I DM'd him a little bit, a little bit of a setup. I tried to alley-oop AJ to come in, coffee ah. black that thing in there. <laughs> and uh, I think you're, he, by the way, 
I love Andy Dalton. You love Andy Dalton. Before Andy Dalton became a Dallas Cowboys quarterback for $3 million this year, incentives up to $7 million, while the Dak Prescott situation is still getting figured out, he, I think, agreed to come on the show. Now that this has happened, potential no-go. We don't know how Andy's feeling, right? Because now, just like the Aaron Rodgers situation on draft night, I don't want to be the. Re- I don't want to be associated with. But I guess that's the show. This is what I'm learning. Like we're probably going to have to be associated with these things sometime. Yeah, I hope he can come on. I talked to him Saturday night, and he didn't say anything about Dallas or anything. He was going going to like where he was going to sign, and then all of a sudden, I see what Sunday morning wasn't it? He had already signed or Saturday he night. signed with Dallas. Uh, it was Sunday, Sunday night. Mo- Sunday night. Nope, it was Saturday night. Late night. Saturday, early Sunday, the news hit. Was it after midnight or before midnight? Because they could get you on a... Mm. Are you sure, Tony? Yeah, because I was not up past midnight on Saturday. It was right before the last dance, I thought. No. Oh. Well, there's conflicting reports within the room, (laughs) but it did happen this weekend after you talked to him. Hopefully, he'll come on. I like this move, by the way, for Andy Dalton, and I like it for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Andy Dalton, obviously, Texas guy, has a house in Dallas, from what I've been told. He has played winning football. That's a guy who, with a one-year remodel almost of his brand, is going to look good going into free agency, and if they inevitably get Dak Prescott to either sign the franchise or a long-term deal, if Dak gets hurt, or as Peter King said, gets COVID-19 in the middle of the season, now you have Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback who can play very good football, who's also getting a head start on the Mike McCarthy playbook here months before Dak Prescott potentially. Wait, so you got to go back for a second. Yep. So Peter King said it, it, oh, yeah. that was one of the oh, yeah. contingency plans for Andy Dalton to step in if Dak got COVID-19 during the season. I, w- I wish we had the technology to rewind to it because your face that you made <laughs> was the exact face that I made as he's – I took my hat. I did the whole like – I did. Wouldn't like, the whole league get shut down if Dak Prescott got – COVID during the season? <laughs> Not if he's the only one. If he's the only one, though. Remember, he's in the huddle, showering with each other, working out with each other, uh, taking snaps from another man's uh, crotch. If he's the only one that gets it, they now have a guy who can come in and play winning football as a backup quarterback in case COVID-19 comes in. But I do think, to his larger point, signing a good backup quarterback, I mean, it, it's good for your team. It's a good structure if you can get them at the right price. And I think Andy Dalton at $3 million is the right price. Like, I, I just think that's a good price for Dallas. And for Dalton, it's like, I already have a lot of money. I'll get a chance to go to an established place, maybe get some more shine. And when free agency hits for me in another year from now, when Phil's up, Tom's up, Drew's up, potentially all three of those, I'll be ready to go somewhere. I, I think it's a good move for Andy and a good move for Dallas. I think it's a good move, too. To, it's, the timing is right. Because Cam Newton's still out there. He's got to go somewhere. Who else? Joe Flacco's out there as a quarterback. Is there any other veteran quarterbacks looking for a job right now? Um, Cam Newton. Hmm. Where is Cam Newton going to go? Do you know? Did Andy Dalton talk to any other teams? Uh, Matt Hasselbeck told us this morning that he assumes that the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> the Wars, <laughs> Jaguars <laughs> down in Duval, <laughs> Uh, that they probably reach out to him. But we're under the assumption that the Jacksonville Jaguars did not reach out to him, and they're actually trying to lose at this point so they can potentially get Trevor Lawrence, which is a lot harder than people think because the players aren't trying to suck. When the team Players can't tank. You, can't. I'm sure you've said it. Players don't. They, they can't, can't tank. The, front off, the coaches don't even tank. The front office can try to tank, can try to put as, much, as many turds out there as possible to try to get the number one overall pick. And I think that rarely happens. They may tweak things here and there, but no one's like, all right, hey, 
we're go all in to go 0 and 16 this year. Trevor Lawrence is on the board. Nobody's happy when that happens. Like, let's say Bill Polian did try to do that, and I had heard some story. Now, granted, I'm just trying to punt the shit out of the ball every time. So the year that we were not great, we almost broke the amount of punts record in the NFL that year. So it's not. I'm not trying to tank or anything like that. And if you ask any of my teammates, none of them are trying to play bad because they're all trying to get as rich as possible from the game. And coaches are miserable. But let's just say Bill Polian did attempt to tank that season, and and who knows? By the way, I've heard rumblings of different situations that could have popped up where maybe they weren't trying to be as good as you possibly could and I think that was evident but Bill Polian got fired because of it too it's like it's a really I mean whenever you lose heads will roll that's just the way it goes in the NFL even if it's for the mission to get the number one pick now Ryan Fitzpatrick for instance you have him at quarterback you can do all you want to do you can trade away your your pro bowl left tackle you can trade away your pro bowl wide receiver you can try to do as much as you can but with Ryan Fitzpatrick in there you're not going to lose and that's just because players play to win games but if they're trying to get in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes I guess I can appreciate that but I would think they would have been much more active by now if they weren't trying to suck next year yeah, I just uh, the whole tanking thing in other sports, maybe when there's a lot less players on the field or like the NBA, there's a lot there's five on five. The NFL, there's just too many moving parts. Players aren't going to put try to like you're not going to actively try to put bad film out there for other teams to see. You're trying to hold on to your job. Like you said, you're trying to make as much money as you possibly can in the short window you have to play professional football. So players can't tank. Can't can't do it. Won't football do it. Football players can't tank. Can't do it. Um do you see Alex Smith's Project 11? I saw a good chunk of it, yeah. <sighs> was I the only one that didn't know that it was as bad yes, as it was? you were. Yes. Really? No, I mean, maybe not. But I, I, I remember, like, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to it every day. But I remember kind of following throughout from the beginning. And then when you heard how many surgeries he was going through, the, like the fracture, what he went, it got septic. I know I was reading his he wife. He near died, stuff. this guy. Yeah, like it was nasty. And so I just remember like, oh, God, like this is six months later and the dude still got one of those Halo deals drilled into his leg and he can't walk like forever. Oh. I knew it was a, a huge deal. But I just, man, I wonder, like, is he going to play again? He wants to, and I can see why he wants to from all the shit that he's been through. I mean, if he was to get back on an NFL field, that would be absolutely insane. But I don't know how you get into the NFL whenever you got a hamstring as a shin. I, I just, I think the fact that he's back moving and running, he was running with that big-ass thing on his leg at one point, walking with that thing, and then he was running with his kids, and he had that big brace on and all that stuff. I think that is a miracle in of itself. If he was to get back on... A football field on an NFL field I cannot wait for the 10 part documentary that we end up doing in 20 years from now on the entire process of him getting back on the field it seems like a long shot but dude what a savage that man I mean just the amount of mental fortitude it takes to continue to battle through all that stuff and then you saw his genuine happiness when he threw the ball for the first time that was something I felt completely ignorant to I did not know it was as serious as it was and I got nothing but respect for that man yeah, I guess I knew it was I knew it was serious, but yeah, until you actually see the images and you see video of what he's going through, you never you can't really comprehend, I guess, what the situation was like. So, yeah, everyone loves a comeback, especially something like this. So, technically though, how many more what's his deal look like in Washington right now? Uh, three more years? Mm -hmm. Three more yeah, years. There's a lot there. of money left. Yeah, 70 wow. million left, I think. Maybe. Oh. Ooh. A lot of a lot of money. By the way, those are our names. That's Pat McAfee, right there. That's my name. This is uh, Nick Mangold Sauce. 
It's a good sauce. You can buy it at 74barbecue.com, and it's 74 spelled out completely. Aggressive decision by Nick, but damn good barbecue sauce. And then AJ's got his name underneath him. Um, Right above the wolf eyes, below the wolf ears, AJ Hawk right there. Pat, before you get to whatever you were going to talk about, the mountain. I don't know if you had it on your list or not. Did you see where the NFL has come out and said, like, anyway, late next week they're going to release the schedule, mm-hmm. and they're going to have a they got a plan in place of starting September 10th, having a normal season. Yeah, fans most likely not there early. Who knows? But they're planning on everything going off. But they say there's no. Like, uh, there's no contingency plans to go out and quarantine them and play in centralized locations like other sports are playing. Yeah, and there's no international games as well. It feels like everybody is with the understand or has the understanding that the schedule that they're going to release next week is subject to change. That's just that we talked to Peter King. You talk to anybody that has any information with the NFL. They're all like, ah, who knows though? Will the NFL want to play games with empty stadiums? If it gets to that point, will they want to just push back a few weeks if they're close? And they're like, you know what? Let's delay this. How short is the preseason going to be? What's training camp going to look like? They're saying no bye weeks for an entire season right into the Super Bowl and the playoffs. It's like, are the players going to be anywhere near saying, okay, to that is that even coming into consideration i think the draft going on as scheduled was awesome i think it was a great distraction gave people something to look forward to i think it was a home run especially with my commissioner roger goodell in his basement with his m&ms okay that is something i think was this schedule release i think anybody with any knowledge of the situation is like yeah that's a schedule but not really in any of our i don't think anybody has a clue what's going to happen because with america going outside this weekend with rules not to we have no clue what's going to happen with this quarantine and this virus that has shut down the entire world i don't think we have a clue what next month's going to look like i don't think we have a clue what last month looked like by the way until tallies are completely totaled i i just think everything is in such flux but i like the fact that they're trying to move on as is but i think everybody knows that they're not korean baseball is starting tonight at 1 a.m though i believe or tomorrow night at 1 a.m six days a week going to be on espn can't wait to watch that obviously so they're doing this obviously to get some kind of live sports on espn oh yeah bub. and who's going to be the only people watching this are going to be the gamblers right oh yeah bub. Mm-hmm. tim kirkshin too probably Do some bears. mel kuyper will probably be watching i know mel watches every sport possible like when i've listened to him on couple of different interviews he'll watch any any sport that's on no at, at no time. don't really watch korean baseball not really interested in it and still got a lot of tape to look at for next year's draft breaking out trevor lawrence some of the elite prospects that are gonna be Mel, is it still out. tape or isn't it all digital now no i still rewind the tape play them until they pop put in a new one I'm re- very old school guy everyone knows that's why I drink uh whipped cream nightly oh <laughs> jesus how do you feel now a couple weeks after the Jordan Love pick, Mad Mel? When looking at the Packers draft, you know, the first round, easy to just laugh it off first. And then as you progress through the later rounds, very apparent the Packers don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Basically just throwing away next season, pissing off Aaron Rodgers as much as possible. I mean, when breaking it down... Gave him a, a D minus. I do like the late, the John Runyon pick. His dad was an absolute monster for the Eagles. Outside of that, the Packers are probably going to fucking suck for the next four or five years. Four or five. It's a great but, point, Pat. They may have actually just ruined the franchise <laughs> in perpetuity. But hey, Mel, is is your good buddy Ty Schmidt still on board? Is he still a Packers? No, fan? I'm. I'm. Well, yeah. I mean, until Rodgers is out of town, of course, but. I am uh, I am not happy. 
I saw a lot of people on the internet that are Packers fans that basically said, if Aaron goes, I'm going with him. I'll still like the Packers and if they win, but I will follow Aaron. This happened with Peyton Manning when he left the Colts to the Broncos. A lot of Colts fans became Broncos fans. That's just a matter of fact. Now, granted, Peyton Manning brought good football to Indianapolis. That's not what happened with Aaron coming to the Packers. They had good football before that. But this is not unprecedented when a, I don't want to say a large group, because the Colts still maintain their fans, but a portion of the fan base became Broncos fans literally overnight when Peyton went there. That's why you saw all those stupid half jerseys, oh, yeah. and you saw people come to the game, our games wearing 18 Manning Bronco jerseys because they had signed up for season tickets before they found out they were cutting fucking Peyton Manning. I mean, it, it was a real thing that happened and i think there's a chance that some aaron Rodgers fans just like ty will do the same exact thing happening with brady too people in new england are doing it with tom brady a lot, a lot of people heading down to tampa people but don't, don't you think like okay say patriots fans they're more upset at the patriots organization than well so yeah they're upset with the patriots organization green bay fans like ty schmidt are upset with the green bay organization but were people this mad at indianapolis for basically pushing Peyton Manning now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was not or, a... I mean, Peyton, I guess, handled it well when he did that great press conference and everyone loved it and everything. It seemed like everything was cool. Ursay, that was a great big favor Peyton did to uh, Mr. Ursay because if Peyton wanted to handle that differently, this city would have been handled it differently as well. So, obviously, Peyton hops into Jim's plane. Would love to know what that conversation was on its way from, I don't know if he was in his Florida house or his Tennessee house, up to Indianapolis. Then they do that press conference. I was invited, didn't go, don't know why. Bad decision, <laughs> should have been there, should have been there. Uh, that's a bad decision by me, but Peyton did Mr. Ursay a massive favor by doing that because he almost, I don't wanna say called off the dogs, but he kind of put a cap on the relationship as opposed to it potentially being open, which a lot of fans, if there was any struggle between with Andrew early, would have definitely hopped off and went all, all the way over to Denver Broncos. Doesn't the Tom Brady situation in New England feel like it was almost mutual to where yes. Tom was like, okay, I've been here long enough. I've taken under, under market value for 20 years. I just feel like we just all need a change of scenery. And Bill, it was like, okay, cool. I agree. Asante Samuel came out and said that Tom was sick of Bill's shit, basically. So I don't know if that is a a notable source. I would assume it is. He's in there. He's oh, yeah. probably started. And I think that was kind of understood by everybody, is that Tom wanted a little bit more say. I think in 20 years he's expected a little bit more respect. And Bill Belichick only knows one way. And by the way, I think Bill Belichick was ready to move on from Tom years ago. So I think it was all kind of understood. But Asante Samuel coming out and saying that, I think it stamped it home for everybody. It was like, yep, just as we thought. Just as we thought. What it, was. Well, it, it goes along with what Gronk said. When, when Gronk's comment saying like, yeah, New England's not the easiest place to play, but it gets you right. It gets you ready. You you win championships, and that's that hasn't been a secret. Like we we know it's not the you're not going to have the most fun you're ever going to have day in and day out in New England. But what they say, hey, it's fun to win. It's fun to get rings, man. You know what I have fun doing? Kicking somebody's ass. <laughs> that's what Richard said to us. Akeem Talib said too about Bill. He said Bill's gonna Bill. Like he's gonna, he's not gonna change who he is just because it's Brady's twenty first year. Yeah, when yeah, report, no, nobody's bigger than the than the organization. When reports came out that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did not have a good phone call, Cube Talib said, "Shit, I, <laughs> I can imagine that's the case. I've had a couple bad conversations with Bill Belichick as well. He's a ruthless businessman. Do you know anybody recently that's had to do any negotiations with Bill Belichick? I do not. Oh no, I don't know anybody. Hmm. Should oh. I? Hmm. 
Oh, I didn't know. Did? I didn't know if you just kind of knew because you you seem to be more dialed in than. Uh, to be honest, you're going to have to potentially be. We're going to have to start paying you for Booker <laughs> as well because I think you're more dialed into a lot of things than any anybody that. Will. I'm okay with that. I mean, Nate Ebner. I know Nate Ebner, but he's oh. on the Giants now, so he wasn't oh, really. Okay. I don't know if he was going back and forth with the Patriots or not. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Did you see that the mountain uh, deadlifted 1,104 American pounds? Yes, I did. You, that, are you impressed? It's 49 cases of beer. Think about that. 49 cases of beer. I, I've tried to, I've tried to, because you can't just put him 1,100 pounds. You're like, okay, that's heavy as hell. I tried to just, I tried to figure out what could I compare that to. And I've tried, obviously, deadlifting 300 pounds or whatever. For, I almost passed out a couple of times, and he did that with so much ease. But then once you start doing the math of how many ounces are in a pound, and then you start doing the math, it's like, that was 49 cases of beer. And I remember, like, trying to carry three at one time and having almost thrown out my back. That is outlandish what this dude has been doing. It has been said by a lot of people on the internet that he does eat every single possible supplement you could possibly need to eat. But I'm happy that a human is capable of doing the things that the mountain does. That's good for our species. Is it? Was this a new world record or anything? Did he oh, break yeah. any? Oh, yeah. He Usain bolted it, too. You know how Bolt lifted out his hands with 10 yards left to slow himself down so he could re-break the record? This dude stood up with it and basically, like, shrugged it and did the shoulder shimmy, <laughs> and then he put it back down. It was like he's going for probably 15 hunch by the time he said and done, if I had to guess. Oh, yeah. Are you a deadlifter? No, man. I always wonder how those dudes, how their back feels. Like, I, I'll deadlift, <laughs> but nothing near any, like, I, yeah, definitely not heavy like that. He put on that costume. That's like seven kegs of beer. There's a, you, you ever done a, you ever worn a bench shirt, Pat? Th- no, but I did see him put on that costume. And I, Is he I, wearing a bench shirt there? No, it was, a, I, it was one that went over. I don't know if it was a bench shirt or if they have a, a deadlift shirt because I saw him tighten it up. And after seeing a couple of documentaries about that gym over there in uh, Columbus, Ohio, West Side Barbell. There it is. That bunch of savages in there. They tear, tear their ACL and then they force them into squat rack after doing it. it <laughs> these dudes are committed to lifting massive amounts of weight, and I got respect for it. But they they were either mocking somebody or they were the ones. They put on this shirt for bench, and basically your hands are just like cocked and loaded, and it's just like. They can't get in. Like they, you have to have like two or three people help you get the shirt on because it's so tight and it just, it acts like a little bit of a slingshot. Up and there's always an argument. Oh, is it a? Are you a? I don't know what they call it. What do they call it if you're not wearing the suit? Uh, boss. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I've never a put deal. a suit on, by the way. Just so everybody knows, I've never put one of those suits on. Yep. Whoa, <laughs> big dude, man. Like How much I, you weigh? Don't get caught in a storm. <laughs> What's that, bub? How much you weigh? I'm probably at like 250 right now. 245. You don't look that big. All right. Is that right? <laughs> like if, no, I mean, like, you're jacked, but oh. you don't look like you weigh 250. Oh, thank you. I got big-ass thighs, you know, and, know. and heavy organs. I got heavy organs. Have, have been my entire childhood. Dense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very I'm dense. dense. I'm a dense guy, and I'm built like a barrel, you know, so if I get a little bit of a pudge, you see the belly button. I mean, I'm not built for, for length. You know, I'm built for speed. <laughs> So do you have to buy your do you have to buy your pants like oh, with a yeah. giant waist and then get the waist taken in just so it'll fit over your quads and ass? And I assume you do too. I've been wearing like size 38, 40 since high school, basically. So I, like that's how I got to get in there. And then you got your pants 
and when I was smaller, the top would just dangle down. So I had I used you have to tuck the pants back underneath the belt while walking down the hall, and it looks like you're just you know adjusting yourself the entire time. It's like no, these thighs are making my hips look like they got a boner. <laughs> You know your I mean? big, I, I, I thought you were going into the big braided belt you would wear that had so much oh. extra fabric it would be hanging down. No, I did buy a belt one time where you could, um, it was like a, a scroller thing where you could feed the words into your belt. Does that make sense? Oh. Like a, the buckle was a, oh. uh, a LED like screen. A like a, like uh, a, yeah. uh, a thing. Yeah. I lost the remote to plug it in. So it was stuck on. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I couldn't wear it to anywhere. That was a problem. Yeah. I didn't have that 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 belt. <laughs> you got massive thighs though, don't you? Uh, not as not as big as they used to be, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I've had to buy pants big, yeah. and you gotta get the waist taken in. It sucks. Oh, you get you actually get it like tailored. That's the right oh. move, probably. You gotta get the waist taken in, or it's giant and it's folding over as within okay. your belt. Happy birthday to me, thirty three years old. Just learned that that's probably the right move. I've been dealing with the baggy belt the whole time, <laughs> still to this day, still dealing with it right now. I mean, literally have to tuck her up underneath there. You know what yeah. I mean? Good that. luck. Good luck finding a tailor in, in these times, though, to get some of those pants taken in. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, I've survived 33 years. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking do it tomorrow. But, <laughs> I mean, I'll get the job done. All right. Well, once you get off the phone with that publicist later, maybe you can call around some tailors I, and see if I, they can do it. I, I think the show is going to have a steady growth. I don't think we're going to get the spike that we were hoping <laughs> for. Do you really think this, this lady can give you the, the giant spike that you want? Uh, I've been watching her work here for a while. Very, very talented booker. Yeah. Yeah. If I could just one time bite my tongue, just one time, you know, I just can't do it. Oh, so you got, you're upset that the tone of the email was like, okay, I'm very busy. I might have time in three weeks to send you a text. Bingo. That was the actual, did you write the email? <laughs> was it really like that? Yes. I can understand how it's like, yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks lady. Like you don't, I'm not going to come beg to you. Bingo. To bring me on as a client. Bingo. Okay. So I you, get it. I, I understand now. You, but if she's very talented and you like her, we probably shouldn't be. It wasn't even her, by the way. The it wasn't even her, though. It was a friend. Of, I mean, it was just. Uh, and then it got back. So I, then I knew that the community was. Speak, these people like to gossip. They were in there. <laughs> you know, I think they were all. Go so I think it's already. I mean, it's an uphill battle. And I was going to have to just kiss everybody's ass. And I'm just. I'm not good at it. I'm not. I mean, Send I, Bailey. Bailey can be that guy. Oh, boy. Well, we're thinking because we have an intern now, Emmett. I think Emmett is potentially the guy, but I don't want this sack of bones representing our show yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know him well enough. I, I love his dad. His dad's a great guy. His mom's a great lady, but... Emmett did not deserve this. Emmett, I'm sorry. Right now, we're just on a run. What'd you call him? Sack of bones. Sack of bones. <laughs> I mean, that's not even that bad of a thing to say. He, not at all. Sack of bones is a compliment almost. Emmett's a good guy, by the way. I'm a big fan of this. Edgar. Emmett, uh, Emmett is our intern, for those that don't know. Emmett takes the minutes of each show so mm -hmm. we can remember what we talked about when the show's over because we have a big problem in this office of doing an entire show and forgetting everything that was talked about. So to do the minutes on today's McAfee and Hawk thus far, intern Emmett. Go ahead. Oh, the minutes right now? Yeah, yeah. Right. Jeez. Jesus Christ. Hold that mic too. Get a bag of bones. No, that was on me. That was on me. I, I got him disgruntled. He's not a bag of bones. Emmett goes to DePaw, by the way, with a W. Not DePaul. DePaw. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wait. 
Yep. DePaul is a school. Is that a school in Indiana? Connor, Connor yeah, you yeah. do not deserve to be criticizing anyone. Yeah, about you want school. the six yeah, high schools? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, best years of my life too. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Emmett. Uh, the Americans are going outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, starting to figure out this Corona thing. It was nice outside. AJ, jerk. Pat, Pat told us uh, how he feels about publicists. Thank and you. Kissing ass. Yep. Uh-huh. Thank you. Andy Dalton might come on the show tomorrow. Okay. Maybe. Hey, 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 hey. Good reminder there. Good reminder there, Emmett. Good Good there, Emmett. <laughs> the league uh, NFL will not shut down if Dak is the is only paid player internship? to get COVID. No, it's not. He's not getting paid. No, I, I just have to get. He's getting credit for score or whatever. You should get paid, though. Yeah, Emmett, you should get paid. AJ, come the fuck. All right, yeah, just all right you can pay him, then, AJ. Yeah, AJ, you pay AJ. him. AJ. Let me hear the rest of the minutes, and then I'll, I'll let you know. Maybe I'll send you a little envelope. Whoa. Oh, you get like a mafia envelope? By the way, Francis said, ah, forget it. <laughs> no, no. I'm not saying stop, it. Stop, 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 stop. I'm not saying it. Breaks, breaks, breaks. <laughs> Sorry, Emma. Um, the NFL players cannot tank no matter how hard someone tries. <laughs> good call. And, That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Alex Smith might deserve, deserve his own last dance after mm-hmm. all is said and done. Yeah, That's true. a good thing. We uh, did say that. 74 barbecue. There's a big shout out there. Oh, oh wow. Right. Whose sauce is it, Emmett? He's trying to get his segment sponsored. It's smart. Kids already learn. Yep. Uh, NFL schedule is probably subject to change. <laughs> Korean baseball is on ESPN next week. And oh, no. Uh, Emmett, uh, Emmett, Emmett, he can't be misquoted. Strike that from the record. This is the first uh, Emmett ever. Bad minutes. Bad oh. minutes. There's a mistake in the minutes there. There's a mistake in the minutes that. there. That's Fix an Emmett that, error right there. By the way, in the... In the comment section, a lot of Emmett fans in here, which is not normal. Surprising. Not normal. Get Emmett a goddamn desk. <laughs> yeah, he does need a desk. You got to remember that we never use that section yeah. ever unless people come in and sit down. And we got the glass table. We didn't pick it out. Somebody, that designer did. And it does look very nice. But it is very inconvenient if you actually need to use it. I mean, <laughs> there is nothing there for you, Emmett. I would agree. Yep. Okay. Jesus, first day. Are you not going to furniture? Are you kidding me? Anything else? Um, Ty is a better Mel Kuyper than Mel. And oh, is, <laughs> thank you. And is probably leaving as a Packers fan if Aaron leaves. Okay. okay. All right, thank you. Halfway through, Emmett with a great hot start there. I like what he's doing, don't you? Yes, I do. I, I can't, I'm looking forward. What, every 10 minutes, do we go to him for the minutes? 30. I, I think we'll go 30 minutes, or maybe if we have nothing else to talk about, we'll just kind of let him go, and then we'll figure it out. Sure. Could you imagine being an intern in this building? <laughs> Honestly, it would be, it'd be tough because you could never nail anything down. There'd be so much just everything's so fluid. You're like, oh, hey, hey, tomorrow uh, I need you to be here at six a.m. because we have got two elephants being delivered. So just let them in, and then there's five in the corner or something. We got some show I think we might do, and then all of a sudden there's just elephants in the corner taking dumps, and you never even end up using them because you didn't come in that day or something. Yeah. Like that would be tough, but it would be fun. It would, it would keep you on your toes. You wouldn't get bored. Yeah, I was talking to him. He ran his like school sports radio show. Really? Yeah, really? yeah. Oh. Second probably, probably the exact same format that we got here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like He's going to go back to school, and one of his professors is going to try to tell him something about that radio show, and he's going to be like, that isn't at all how they do it in the real world. And it's like, well, I don't know if anybody does it how stupidly we do. We're going to make you a better communications major after this though oh yeah you're gonna be the and he's single too by the way this guy he's about to live his best life i think you know good for you emmett good 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 to have you on board emmett appreciate it 
his mic was muted. Jay told or Ty told him to shut the fuck up. The guy, the guy you complimented his mail, he just kind of hey, he just muted your mic. So hey, back. Connor, I know Connor saw this. Connor, did you see the uh, the little monkey that was riding oh, a little mini yeah. dirt bike and tried to steal the kid? Oh yeah, I saw that. Actually happened to me as a child. So this is a real shame. But I said in the first show, AJ, first show, I said that these murder hornets. Um, that are going to hit the streets. They come in bunches. And whenever they attack in bunches and they hit you, there's enough venom to kill you as it would a venom mistake. That's why they're called murder hornets. They also take out bees. They take, they're going to drop an elbow on the honey business for a while. And I said, just like down in South Africa, when the monkeys, they roam in packs and they'll go rob people and they'll rough people up. And I got a couple of people that tweeted me said that uh, that was very rude to say that about monkeys and I like that. And then literally at that exact time, I, uh, this video hits the streets basically where this monkey shows up on a little mini bike, a little mini street bike, <laughs> ditches it and then smacks a kid and then tries to <laughs> grab the kid and drag it down the street. These monkeys are ruthless. So are the murder hornets from what I've been told. Well, the monkey, the thing is, he got the kid. He grabbed him by the, the wrist and dragged him mm -hmm. maybe 20, 30 feet down the road before the, so it looks like some adults came in and kind of scared him away. Like, he actually, I don't know what his final plan was, if he had, like, a, a final plan. Like, he was going to take him Here somewhere comes where the rest He's of the on guys a bike, ditch the bike, grab the kid, miss Go the back. kid, grab Look the how kid. Fast that monkey is. Give me, give Swear me, oh, by the way, doing, like, a lifeguard trying to save the, the human in the water. You know how you're doing, like, guardian where you do like the jellyfish kick with the arm and then you do the one thing down the street and the old man that comes, it's like, this is not his first time yelling at the monkeys to put the kids away. This old man comes, hey, get, 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 little mother, I told you last week. It's like Gollum. It's taken four. Like if that was, can you imagine if that was anywhere? I just know if, if I was anywhere near that, there would be 17 adults chasing after that monkey instantly. Like that dude just casually comes along three or four seconds after the, the little kids being dragged down the road. Come on. Are we being punked though? Is this, is this fake? Because I, I don't trust any video on the internet. I don't think it's fake. I don't know how you stage that. But also, who did the monkey steal the bike from? Yeah. <laughs> who taught the monkey how to ride the bike? What kid <laughs> lost its bike before this kid almost lost its life to this monkey? I mean, this thing's a savage. That kid seemed pretty casual about the whole thing. Oh, too. no, it's not again. It's not the first time. <laughs> Here, Who's the... Oh, no. Kids on the bench aren't worried at all. They're like, oh, we know where they're taking it. It'll be fine. That thing is insane. <laughs> who's the uh, bully in uh, Christmas Story? Scott Farkas. Farkas. <laughs> O'Doyle. You had it. O'Doyle. Well, he rules. He's in Billy Madison. But Farkas is the redheaded uh, mm -hmm. ginger Tarzan in the back. Yep. That's what the monkey is around town. Farkas is coming down. Look, he's gone on his bike again. What if he has like little things like we used to put on the bikes back in the day, like cards in oh, the, the, yeah, the smoke? <laughs> the monkey's rolling in. Comes in with his own music, Debo style, and he's just stealing baby. I mean, that's insane. That's 2020, though. Hey, that's 2020. What a year. Uh, there's a big movement in the comment section for us to pay Emmett. Uh, I like that. Don't get a big head, Emmett. Don't do it. Emmett, how much do you expect to get paid out of this thing? What do, what do interns make? Um... I do not know. Well, what do you uh, think? What do you think? You no, that is a terrible question. <laughs> I like to know. Phil, our CFO Phil is probably currently looking up how much we're supposed to pay him because I assume there's oh. rules and stuff that we have. Okay. To oh, you don't have to pay, pay him in dirt. I'll pay a scrap. By the way, Phil, <laughs> give him Phil is very. I mean, he's cutthroat when it comes to the money. I can't even get stuff. Frugal. Sometimes. The company's named after me. Frugal. <laughs> 
a little bit of a problem. But we'll get we'll get Emmett paid. Uh, AJ, not only because you said it and because of the comment section, but I do believe it's illegal now to not pay people that are working for you. Well, yeah. you're giving him college credit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, are you getting college a- credit for this? Yes. You're not allowed to get paid if you get college credit. I know that for a fact. So do I have to write something to your college to tell them that you accomplished something? No, not that I know of. I'm not getting like an actual credit like yes. to go towards oh, my diploma, shit. but this is something you have to do. No, <laughs> it's a lot it's of gray area. It's just something you can put on here, a resume. You're Scotty Pippen yourself. <laughs> what? So what's going? On? Why are you? Is, <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? So there's no purpose for you to be here? Uh, it's really just like a resume. It's more of a resume uh, thing. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay, so okay, we're okay. just a stepping stone, huh? It's all about we're just sense. a goddamn stepping stone don't, to you. Don't let it. That's okay with me, bud. Your dad did more than enough for me. And I think, by the way, the Emmett's Minutes could become something very, very good. Very good. Yeah. This morning, I learned that we talked about a lot of stuff that I completely forgot we had talked about. So he's already off and running. Better intern than I've ever had. <laughs> Don't you dare. Emmett, those four back there all started as interns. Yeah. Right there. Look at us now. That guy on the phone. <laughs> that guy on the phone right there, Connor. He was once an intern. Well, yeah, and, and that was a hell of a summer. Yeah, Zito didn't used to be all fat and giggly. He used to just be fat. Yeah. <laughs> now I laugh every once in a while. Come on, Nick. That cannot Ooh, happen nice. in this culture. Okay, that is not how we work. I would like, tracks what I eat. He does the minutes for my eating. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, have you seen DJ Khaled's IG Live experience? Uh-huh. That could be fake, but still awesome. No, can we play it? Absolutely, I do believe. Do we have the video? Uh, Zeet's pulling it up. It is. Everybody's doing these IG lives where they're talking to people, and I think it's kind of, you know, played out. But there is some magical comments that have come from it. Everybody on my Instagram is live talking to somebody, and not everybody's supposed to be an interviewer, by the way. So I I think people just think like, oh, yeah, my conversations with people will be interesting. That's just not the case for a lot of people. But there has been a lot of magical moments that have come out. So I appreciate people giving it a go, especially in a time where people need distractions in conversation. DJ Khaled did it, who is an electric factory, by the way. Lion! DJ Khaled, he did Instagram Live, and uh, a a thought chopper showed up, and it was uh, an amazing... (laughs) Amazing time. Do we have a video? I can't see it. I got family and everything. And uh, no, no, please don't. Wait, who is this girl? I have no idea. But it ends with him saying, talk to me normal, talk to me normal, talk to me normal. <laughs> and then he hangs up on it. I think we're, does he say talk to me normal here? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I, can't, I, can't, I, can't. You got, I got love, but I can't. All right, we're good. The video's restarting. Wait, he dialed her up though, right? She can't just pop onto his no, IG live. I think in those IG lives, I think people, you just click on them for them to join the conversation. I'm thinking this could be cooked because... Immediately after that happens, and he says to her, talk to me normal, talk to me normal, I can't, he starts covering his eyes, somebody spins the talk to me normal line to make this banger right here. Oh, hold on, that's a way different video. <laughs> Zito. Well, you should see the Zito production back here because we can't put audio. Using it definitely sounds like right it's now. set up then, just a big marketing ploy. Well, I don't know if he released the song though, did he really? He did not, no. Know. It is a banger too. It's going to take a couple seconds. This is. Uh, I remember a few weeks ago, Diddy was not happy yeah. in his IG live when Lizzo came in. 
Oh yeah, laser. But he wasn't. He didn't seem to dispute the other person who was twerking on huh. his stream later on. That's interesting. Yeah, but he could have gave. He raised a lot of money, by the way, through his stream. He so did. I think people are doing True. a lot of good things. But what happens there when somebody decides to hijack it? That's what we thought was going to happen potentially with the NFL draft with those people behind Roger Goodell. We thought some people were going to take that moment and make it insane. But I think. Those were heavily filtered through to get to that point. Respect the shield. I respect the, the shield. Logo. The hey, logo isn't it possible? Space. Well, I, I, you could ask the people that are on there, but isn't it possible that those people were just those were pre-recorded? They said, "Okay, clap for us, guys," and they just mm -hmm. played that. Why, Roger? No, because he was talking to him. Remember, whenever he said, "Do this," they would stand up. Oh, you're up. right. He pumped up the crowd. He did yeah, that. Yeah, cool. yeah, you're right. Couldn't yeah. do it. There's, There's no the cheerleader way video. Recorded. You didn't like it for some reason. Yeah, I did. I loved it. No, you didn't like Roger. Antonio Brown. Do, do we have the audio of that? No, no yeah, way. No, Zito, I, anytime I've seen Zito go, uh, I deleted it. Zito, this is it. This is like a blind, me doing this blindly right here. Well, I don't know if we should do it. <laughs> don't do that. Did you hear that? Yeah, I can hear it. I mean, I'm okay without it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Is this guy on his label or something, though? He has to be attached to, to DJ Khaled somehow. I have no idea. I have no clue. Honestly, I have no clue. I love the fact that he got hijacked, allegedly, and then they make it into a banger, and then now I assume DJ Khaled will be doing interviews about it, but that's why you got to be careful whenever you go live. That's why every time we put on a phone call, we have no idea what's coming through the other side. There's a lot of trust in that process. That's why we do it during commercial breaks for the radio, because we almost got $350,000 worth of FCC fines because the phone caller said shit. Just from one caller? Well, I think it was a, a crew of them. <laughs> I believe there was a, well, not just that caller. Connor obviously dropped uh, an F-bomb. Didn't have to bring it up. That made through Wait, the air. Wait, but you, I thought your guy, don't you have like a seven second delay when you're on terrestrial? Well, Connor camouflaged his in so mm -hmm. well. I didn't, I didn't mean to. And then Lombardi, I guess, swore, I swore, and then a caller swore. And it was just like a, uh, you know, death of a thousand paper cuts type Sitting thing. With just the dropped a series of vulgar words. Yeah, he said dick, mm -hmm. shit. I mean, sitting was Dick a wide a open. Yeah. I mean, the FCC is just over there, just like. Who was the guy, the guy from the Eagles that we had? Lane, Lane, Lane Johnson. Johnson. He dropped a bomb. Yeah, I mean, I bet guys get. I bet people that come on get confused whether they're on your your yeah. earlier show or this show. They yeah, probably okay. view it the same. Like, wait, ten to twelve? I got to censor myself? No, I can't blame them. I can't believe me. I don't actually. I just go. Ah, that's gonna be trouble. <laughs> and then it turns out it, it actually is. Like we started getting like real messages that were like can't happen anymore. So now they have us on like a thirty-five second delay. So now our show starts a minute before we go live <laughs> because they want to give us enough. To, so they've they've made adjustments to our regularly scheduled program to kind of adapt to it a little bit. Which are they ever gonna just relax all those rules? I know with the with COVID and we're watching. The, the last, uh, whatever, you know, the Jordan documentary on the Bulls, like they're they're allowing cussing in that. Is that because it's after 9 p.m.? Is that the only reason? I hope so. And I hope that kind of changes things for the long haul. You know, I really hope so. I really, really hope so. I don't know, though. Like, old school radio is always going to be that way because it's free. It's on, like, your FM dial when people get in their car. I mean, people younger than me don't even know what that means. But I, I think but that's why we can't swear is because people younger than us. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they don't know, like, a lot of people like to listen to sports shows in their car with taking their kids to school or whatever. And there's, oh, oh, I can't listen to the show anymore. They're speaking vulgarities all the time. Now, I said this and I got attacked for it, but, like, I probably knew the F word when I was 
eight years old, maybe nine years old. I just knew that I wasn't allowed to say it in front of certain people or outside the house, you know? Now, granted, did I? Yes. And did I have some consequences sometimes? Yes, absolutely. But I think those days are gone now, right? Where it's like, hey, even though your kids see it on the internet all the time, uh, if they say it anywhere else, it's everybody else's fault, but not yours as a parent. Is that you're a parent of a kids in that age group that could potentially learn new words. Is that hard to teach these days? I'd assume. Is that something that's like impossible to do? It's hard to teach. I mean, each parent is very different. Like some parents have no problem saying anything around their kids. Like, yeah, they're going to hear it anyway. What, what's the difference if they hear it at home when they're seven years old? Um, but no, they hear it. Like my nine year old daughter, she gets it and she, she'll like, tell me if, Someone she knows that something's inappropriate. She says so, but she has that like naturally in her somehow. I'm like, that's good. Yeah, you know, don't want to be disrespectful <laughs> to people. That's why I'm so scared to be around kids. By the way, because you don't know what to say. No, because I don't want to be the one that you know somebody wheezing into a yeah. yeah that's what we're trying to figure yeah. out. Are you dying over there, Emmett? No, it's not you. What it's happened? 21 years old. He's not. And his mic is muted. Somebody's wheezing into the microphone. Right? Uh, it just happened again there. His mic is not muted. You I wheezing. can't hear it. Everyone breathe out of their nose right now. Somebody's hiding their whistle. Someone's hiding. <laughs> They're growing stronger. <laughs> that could have been something in the background too. I mean, no, that, was, uh, that, was that, was a, that was a nose wheeze, yeah. Well, just watch your nose is wheezing into the thing. We had guys walking on our ceilings uh, all last week. This week it doesn't seem like that's happening, which is good. Good news. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you you know um, you think Tony Kukoc got a bad rap in the documentary? Oh, here we go. We haven't talked about the last dance you and I, have we? No, let's do this. Um, Tony Kukoc, I don't think he got a bad rap. I, I think my respect for him grew immensely. The fact that he was in a war torn country, basically didn't want to leave his family, decided to play over there, or whatever for Yugoslavia, or Croatia, and it was Jerry Krause's fault that the two best players, basically on planet earth at the time we're just going to go two on one on him his entire thing i mean tony kukoc was set up for failure and what did tony kukoc do he bounced back he took his couple millions of dollars representing the home team playing for his family basically then he bounces back in the finals puts up 16 they still lose by 20 some but he puts up 16 and then obviously goes on to be a great teammate which is what michael jordan and scotty pippen both prefaced whenever they're like tony kukoc goes great teammate we like him a lot but at the time we had to show that if anybody was going to get paid on that bulls team it should be scotty pippen which by the way can't blame him if it, the documentary continues to be the way that it was for scotty pippen well and they even said like we didn't have anything against tony kukoc it was jerry Krause. like we didn't like how much he felt like tony was like the future of the bulls so we were doing that we shut him down what held him to four points in their first meeting yep wow. yeah yeah he had zero there for a while and i guess going in there everybody was talking about how good he was at the time they were not happy. The, the Jordan and Pippen, by the way, Jordan might hold a grudge better than he, any human I've ever seen. And I'm a grudge holder. I, I mean, I am a grudge holder. I live off of it. If you say something, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I'm going to try to be much better than you are. Like, that is how I actually operate. But the, he took it to a whole nother level. That Merhill guy, Clyde Drexler, you name it. If somebody was, by the way, the fact that Merhill. was that, is Merhill, <laughs> you're speaking of Dan Marley? Yeah, it's spelled M-A-J-E-R-L-E. Merhill. Okay. I'm just I'm just trying to clarify. What's his name? Bob. Dan Marley. <laughs> like Bob Marley almost. Yeah, but him. Bob the Marley. fact that it was said that he was going to be able to lock down Jordan. By the way, insane to think that humans Why are Why would anyone think they can lock down Jordan? 
Great question. Well, nobody tried, by the way. It was down four uh, with 36 seconds left. He goes coast to coast, running straight up and down, bouncing the ball like this with a layup, which a lot of people leave out of their stories about Michael Jordan, and nobody was guarding him for a while. But it was... I mean, I love watching this documentary. I wish I could just binge it all the way through, though, because the bouncing back and forth after a week break, I get lost in the whole thing. I don't like the, the bouncing back and forth from, like, the the film crew that was there for the last season of Phil and all that. And then when they always – they'll go back to, like, 91 or 93. I'm like, wait, where, where are we at now in in the scheme of this – like, their careers? you got to look and you say, well, Jordan looks a little younger there. Oh, we're back at 91 or 93. We're not – in the 97 98 season or whatever the last one was and just, they always it's had getting confusing and they always had some team they had to get through last night it was utah a week ago it was detroit then it was the lakers then it was the celtics and i'm always just like so who the fuck do they have to get through i, I don't really fully understand I, I but i'm enjoying all the behind the scenes access larry bird coaching him at one point i mean that is just electric to think of him and magic and the Charles Barkley and the Dream Team practice that game where MJ turned it on. They were up eight and then down two within a moment because MJ decided to turn it on. Him gambling $1.4 million away to that one guy that decided to write a book about it. Him going to the casino until 2.30 in the morning after losing. I mean, there's more savage stories coming out about Jordan, let alone the curly-haired mullet security guy that raked him for some dollars in a quarter game. I mean, it was every episode that turns, I get more and more excited about. I, I can't wait to finish this thing. Yeah, I heard, um, I think Allen Iverson said he went over and saw Jordan towards the end of his career and saw him in the locker room before the game and told a story how he's like, I walk in, Mike's in full uniform in a little office just smoking a cigar before the game, like before warm-ups. He's like, this dude's in his uniform, his Jordan's on, just smoking a cigar out there in the locker room and then just goes out to warm-ups. And, and I think even Iverson said he's like, that's the coolest dude I've ever seen. Like he, he said it was so awesome. How many cigars do you think you smoke on a daily basis. His cigars feel like they're a bit skinnier than yours, a little bit longer. Do you know his cigar brand? Cohiba. It looks like he's smoking Cohibas. And I don't. I, he doesn't stop. I think he continues mm. to smoke those on a very regular basis. Do well, you, you know he's committed when he's smoking in his car. He's smoking in his house. Like, not many people are burning cigars in their car with just the window cracked a titch with a Mod Rashad sitting next to you. A Mod Rashad. On the way to a game, too. Like, that stuff was, that's cool footage. A Mod Rashad, by the way, getting the inside scoop on everything Michael Jordan is a good move. It's a good move. I guess Jordan picked him is what everybody in this office said. Just like LeBron James picked Windhorse uh, to be basically be his guy. A Mod Rashad. Didn't he have inside the NBA that whole show? Yep. But a Mod Rashad is like, he's like a legit close friend of Michael Jordan's. Like, they play golf all the time. They, they hang out like, how much has Ahmad Rashad won off of Jordan? I also oh. didn't realize that Ahmad uh, was an NFL Pro Bowler and a first-round yeah. draft pick. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Good for him. I like Ahmad Rashad a lot more, by the way, as these episodes roll out. But Jordan loves cigars, man. I, I, is, it because, is it because you don't want to chew, but you like the nicotine effect and you don't want to affect your lungs because you're an athlete running? So you just smoke cigars because there's no inhaling, you still get a little buzz and a taste, and you look incredibly cool. Is that why people smoke cigars? I've never really understood. I have no idea. I mean, I think you once you get into them, you find the cu a couple that you like, and then you just enjoy it. It's like uh, it's like coffee, like the idea of it. Like you're not, I'm not going to say, hey Pat, you want to go sit down somewhere and talk, but no, like if someone wants to go have coffee with you, like the coffee just gives you a reason to hang out. That's what cigars are to me usually. Okay. Hmm. Ask me to do a cigar and no a coffee. I don't like coffee. Okay. Hey, you want Pat, to go you want, to, you want to go smoke a cigar, Pat? Yeah, I think we should do that sometime. I'll bring the vitamins. You can smoke a cigar, but we'll talk nonetheless while smoking things. 
Sounds great. I have I have many friends like that. We just made a deal. <laughs> Look at that. We just made it happen. Wow. That's a cigar family. That's a cigar family. Um, Mitchell Trubisky did not get his fifth-year option uh, from the Chicago Bears. Everybody assumes that this is a one-year. Let's see if Trubisky's our guy or Nick Foles is our guy or neither are our guy in Chicago. How do you feel about that? And I think this was kind of to be expected, but it is interesting. Half of the top ten picks uh, had their fifth year declined by the teams. Trubisky, Solomon Thomas, Fournette, Corey Davis, John Ross. Trubisky, obviously the headliner there, is the second overall pick. I mean, this couldn't have been a surprise to anybody. I would have been very surprised if they did pick up a fifth-year option, especially after bringing in Nick Foles. So, yeah, it couldn't have been a surprise to Trubisky. It may have, once it was, like, official, it may have set in a little bit. And like, okay, well, I got to figure out, I got to find a way to win this job and play great so I can sign a big deal probably somewhere else. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they're hoping it'll light a fire under him. Also, Trubisky was hurt on his, I know what, his left shoulder last year. He hurt week four, they said. So maybe he, he looks really? better whenever the season starts. Hip? But, yeah, was I don't know. Hip? He was hurt. I did not know he was hurt. He had surgery in, in January, I believe, on his, his non-throwing shoulder. Remember oh. when uh, oh, we wrong. had that we had that conspiracy theory because he like came out with two minutes left. Oh yeah, he said he got good. benched. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and him and Nagy were talking to each other on the sideline. <laughs> he, he was in his ear. He was in his ear okay. with the the play uh, the chart. Yeah. Hey man, I'm gonna have to fucking bench you because you're playing pretty bad, and I want to see. If- <laughs> and Mitch starts. You start rolling your shoulder. Then yeah, you're, oh yeah, it does yeah. hurt. I want to see if Shaw's Daniels from Chase Chats will be able to make a play here. Chase Daniels put in a weird position there. That was a very weird position. So he he actually got hurt there. I feel like a bad person. I take back a lot of things that I said about uh, old well, Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't know he was hurt all year. I did not know that. I, he played bad football, but I did not know he was hurt all year. That changes everything. What if he comes back guns a-blazing like he was the year before that when he was like the number three or number two overall QBR in the NFL? Now they bring in big Richard Nick Foles with a big contract. It's like, hey, Mitchell Trubisky's best days are about to happen. Is that what's going to happen? Now, was he hurt in the first game too? Or? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. He, he, had, he, he did stink, didn't he? He did. <laughs> he did stink. Uh, final uh, minutes here of the day? Final minutes. We got... Uh, Murder hornets are just as ruthless as monkeys on bikes. Yeah. Comment section thinks that I deserve to get paid. <laughs> you would put that uh, in there. Jesus. DJ Khaled's IG Live might have been a marketing setup. Oh. Uh, you cannot swear on the air. Uh, adjustments have been made have been made accordingly for this show. Yeah. Even true. though kids do in fact know curse words. <laughs> yep. That is true. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a kid too, by the way. He's 21 years old, so he's the closest hey, to a kid. Dude. Yeah. Was it your birthday? No, my birthday's in November. Oh, oh we missed that next one. We'll get you, we'll get you next one. Uh, Jordan holds the best grudges. Yep. No true. one played defense against Jordan. Whoa, who said that? That's, uh, a lot of people said yeah, that. One play. You're just, Pat's speaking of one play. Well, how about all those threes against Clyde? Check, where just, hey, check, check the tape. Clyde Drexler just couldn't stay within, what, a seven-foot radius of that guy. Yeah, shook him off. Like a fly he is. <laughs> like a murder hornet. Hell yeah. Uh, the last dance is indeed kind of confusing when they go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it is. It uh, is. Jordan smokes cigars before games, yep. and cigars are like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did he miss anything, AJ? I think you got it. I think that was amazing. So. I think so, too. Uh, AJ, I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Did you have something? I, I don't think Chuck 
Charles Barkley gets enough credit as a basketball player. Yeah, he was a force, wasn't he? He's undersized. He's not as tall as everybody. He had like Dennis Rodman like leverage and rebounding skills. He was a savage. He was on a team with nobody. Won Somehow the wins the MVP over Michael Jordan, by the way, and then has enough uh, self-awareness to be like, yeah, that guy's better than I am. I mean, it's just because he's a savage. He's hilarious. He's a savage. He's must-see television. I do think it gets forgot how good he is at basketball, especially when guys like Draymond Green come out and start taking shots because he didn't have a ring. Yeah. It's like, well. Yeah, it's because Fox's generation, they only know him from TV. They're like, oh, <laughs> he says funny stuff. Not true. I'll actually admit I didn't know he was that good. Me neither. But I like Chuck. I've always been a Chuck guy. I thought he was going to break at least two rims last night on those highlights. <laughs> His big ass was up there swinging on that thing. I thought they were coming through. Charles Barkley, great basketball player, gambled with Jordan a lot, and obviously one of the best humans to ever grace the television. You're 100% right, Diggs. I don't think – have you ever met Charles? Yeah, he plays out in Tahoe. He's the man. He, oh, he's – Yeah, every, wherever Charles goes, like he walks into this restaurant – that we'd go eat to sometimes out there. Charles walks in. It takes him 40 minutes to get to his seat because he, no joke, talks to almost every single table in the restaurant. Like, they all love him. Love he loves them. He's, buying, he's sending bottles of wine over to different people. Like, he's just, yeah, he's, a, he's the people's game. champ. It's getting better. His golf game has gotten better. Better than that one, like, the, what was that video, like, a couple years ago? Yeah, he got was, out of the yips. He had a bad uh, case of the yips. I think he got out. Hank Haney was even trying to get yeah. him out of the yips. Well, no, he always has the yips when he... When he's in like real play on the range, he can swing and he looks good. But then he gets that weird stutter whenever he's playing in front of people and whenever it means something. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> why? Do, why does he get? Why does his game not get as much respect? Like Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl ring, but people still put Dan Marino in that handful of greatest QBs of all times. Usually, and Charles Barkley doesn't get put up there, even though like that year he went to the finals. He's the the MVP of the league, and he was a stud for a long, long time. Why is he not spoken about the same way? I think it's because Charles puts a lot of people over other than himself, and he's on television so much. I don't think anybody feels as if they have to put him over, but it, I, I think this one documentary has put Charles Barkley over more than anybody could have ever fathomed when it comes to being an actual legit basketball player. Won the MVP over Michael Jordan and his team what had nobody on it he had Boston Phoenix. Connor Danny Ainge he was yeah, he had Danny Ainge but he was out in the middle of Phoenix I mean it was just like that's a small no offense to Phoenix I've heard it's a beautiful place but that's not like a media mecca I mean that's just the fact that Charles Barkley has become the person he is is because of how good he was on the basketball but his answers too in those press conferences were amazing like do you have anything to say to the people in Chicago after this winter better take that shit off those windows because they were ready for a celebration parade or whatever it's just like the fact that he was just willing to talk to the media like that. I love Charles. I, I am I'm only growing my respect for Charles Barkley through this documentary. Thunder oh, Dan. Here's Thunder Dan was yep, on that There team. it is. <clears throat> His show, too. You got to think Charles' show. He's sitting next to Shaquille O'Neal, who buries him constantly for not having a ring. It's not nice by Shaq. Charles nice. is awesome on camp. Like, that show, the NBA Tonight or whatever it's called. Yeah. Like, because Charles is on the show, they're all great. But Charles, like, without him, it's not going to be the same. So I hope he stays for a long, long time. I think so too. They're, you know, they're trying to get that. Um, they're trying to get that Tuesday show up and running too. Yeah, I like oh, that yeah. one better. Tuesday show. Tuesday is great. Lefko, that one. Lefko, Dwayne Wade, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, also known as DJ Diesel. Shaq mm -hmm. life worth a watch. Mike Tyson was getting interviewed last week. Said he was going to fight people. Then the video came out of him hitting mitts. Looks like he could knock out every human other than AJ Hawk still today if he really wanted to. Um, and then uh, uh, Candace Parker mm -hmm. and uh, and Lefko runs the show there. They're trying to, you know, that's the next generation. Do they play highlights and stuff? Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's, so. Yeah. It's the same as the other one. Yeah, they got a bunch same of cool format like meme generators and stuff too that they do. Yeah. Just different personalities. Yeah. Tight. Why'd your voice like trail off during that? Well, he wasn't 100 percent sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me? No, no, no. The meme generators. Like Wait, what do you mean meme generators? Like they have like a segment where they go to yeah, it. Yeah, kind of. And it'll be like, oh, this was lit, and then like that'll be the meme, and it'll and show us a really highlight. cool, Who really cool that? entrance music. Yeah, they do smoke and stuff oh, like yeah. that. D Wade, I got, I got DVR this. Good show. Yeah. Lefko is one of our guys. Good mm-hmm. show. Great sweaters. Great sweaters. Nick wears all of Lefko's gear. I mean, I, I bet you Lefko has yet. this one. Right? I that's bet you. Good, oh, yeah. That's a good. That's good. That, Emmett McMahon has a good fit. By the way, sure. wide receiver at DePaul. I didn't know that. He, he plays wide out, this guy. You still do? You're still, yeah, still playing? One more year yeah. next year. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, well that's hopefully. I mean, who knows if he's ever going back to school. Oh, you're talking about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get him running routes out here, too, if the coach is watching. Just want to let you know. We'll have him sticking in and So, out. What, all does, what all does Emmett, like, what falls under his responsibilities well starbucks starts wednesday friday i believe in the morning uh emmett's minutes he had to open our uh there, there was actually a magical moment while i was going to the bathroom after the last show there was a bunch of deliveries at the front door i said emmett we open these up see what they are don't break anything obviously he opens up it's a bunch of booze foxy goes hey why don't you put the booze then in the bar and at that moment the rest of the squad here beca- because foxy told him to do something started coming after foxy for bossing other people around yeah. so i mean it was quite a scene that led up literally up until the moment moment we got on the air today i mean there's a lot happening well pat asked me to overwatch him and say hey pick the stuff that's valuable put it somewhere everything else throw it in the trash so Facts. i was just doing my job get a lot of stuff at this office if it's worth a damn it makes it if not there's a dumpster in the back here that's mostly our shit and if any of the homeless people are watching the show there's a lot of stuff in that dumpster you should think about going and diving in dumpster dive it's been working for raccoons trash pandas for a long time go in there and get after and connor and connor and quite some time a couple good beds in there too Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> there is a couple of mattresses in there. One Connor almost puked on after running a seven-minute mile. But. Well, there's not a couple in there because I took one, but there is still one in the uh, garbage. Uh, this show's over, I think, right? Sure. AJ, hey, it's been great seeing you on this Monday, May the 4th. You big Star Wars fan? No, I haven't seen any of those. Yeah. Why? Is something going on? Nah, me neither, but May the 4th be with you. Oh, gosh, I'm so happy I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> This is over. The greatest sports talk show on the internet from one to two Eastern Standard Time. So come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube Live. It's McAfee and Hawk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks and he's a rust belt kind of guy. AJ Hawk. That's the punter of the ticket for the 2010. Kick and piss missiles to the sky It's McAfee and Hawk It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk Shout out to this guy for joining us He releases a column every Monday morning that's must read for the NFL fans Uh, Ladies and gentlemen Once enemy of the show, now friend of the show, Peter King yeah, Peter! Hey, Peter! How can I be an enemy of the show? Uh, you Come know, on. you know how, Peter. You know how. I I had to change my plans one day in in mm-hmm. August on a seventeen day road trip. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't know, enemy. That's that's pretty strong. Well, I guess there was a better way. Foe. 
<laughs> I'll say it's foe. That's not as strong as enemy. But I'm very happy that we're back on the right side of things because yes. your brain and knowledge of the NFL is second to none in this entire thing. Let's talk about the Dalton move to Dallas. Was there any other teams that were interested in Andy Dalton? And how apparent was it that he was going to Dallas to you? Because it came out of nowhere to me. I thought he was going to Jacksonville. I thought he was going to Jacksonville too, Pat. Look, um, you know, uh, there were some very preliminary conversations uh between um you know between dalton and several teams um and, and i believe that at some point bill belichick at least did some fact finding on him mm. but obviously it never got very serious if you're andy dalton and you have a chance to go to new england and be a starter versus going to dallas and look the presumption is 80 to 90 percent chance he's backing up dak prescott the only way he isn't is if that thing really goes sideways. But look, the, you know, it was really, really smart of Dallas to do this. And everybody says, hey, give some insurance in case Dak stays out. But Pat, the other thing that really nobody is talking about right now. Here we go. Okay? This is what I like. Let's talk about what happens during the football season this year if Dak Prescott on October 13th, before the Cowboys are going to play the Giants on a Sunday. What if he tests positive for COVID-19? And what if for the next two weeks, uh, Dak Prescott has to be in quarantine? Okay. And what if he's the only guy on the Cowboys who tests positive? So the NFL says, Cowboys, you go ahead. You can still play your game this weekend. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, instead of playing with Whoever it is, is it Cooper Rush? I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. He just is. got fired. <laughs> I mean, just imagine that instead of having that, you can have a guy who his first five years in the NFL, he took a moribund Cincinnati team, and he wasn't a great quarterback, but he, they made the playoffs his first five years. So to me, this is a small price to pay for quarterback insurance, not just if Dak's not around, but – if they have an emergency and and whether it whether it be COVID-19 or whether it be an injury the Dallas Cowboys now probably have the best backup quarterback in football I never thought that in my life that that is a real thought though that has to be entering into people's minds as they're preparing for this NFL season that's scheduled supposed to be released here soon with no international games when there was a bunch of international game scheduled so the NFL is already preparing for the COVID-19 fallout I would assume teams have to think and prepare for it as well like hey what if our guy gets knocked out what if he gets hurt what if he's whatever whatever the case is I think signing Andy Dalton was a good move I only asked if anybody else put out any feelers because Cam Newton's still sitting out there Cam Newton is still flexing on the internet Cam Newton looks like he's in the best shape he's been in in a long time, and everybody's saying he's healthy. Is he going to end up anywhere? What's, what do you think is going to happen with Cam? It's, you know, it's the weirdest situation because obviously Cam Newton at whatever he is, 30 or 31, yeah, um, ought to be playing in the NFL. But, Pat, I, I kind of look at this and say, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm not signing anywhere right now. I, I really don't know why you would because – He's not going to get a starting job, at least at the start of the season. Now, maybe he'll go to camp somewhere with these very abbreviated camps, and he'll get a, he'll win a starting job. But, Pat, let's realistically look at what this preseason is. Okay. Okay? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm just going to guess that 
they'll put out a schedule that would have preseason games, but I can't believe there'd be more than maybe one, maybe two per team. Wow. So if if the players show up on, let's just invent a date, August 15th, and they have some form of camp, okay, but not a real training camp, not a real competitive training camp. I mean, how is Cam Newton going to be better or going to prove to a coach in that period of time that he should be the quarterback of this team? When And I realize everybody out there is saying, oh, that's ridiculous. He's better than Gardner Minshew. Well, I know he's better than Gardner Minshew. But there's the matter of, you know, being on the team, playing for a while, learning the offense, knowing what to do. And, and, and again, if you are a coach, not even sure that you ever even wanted Cam Newton, if you're a team that you never even seriously thought of him, and then you have to sign him without doing a thorough physical exam, without really finding out whether he and you are going to be a fit, like if you're Doug Marone and you're probably coaching for your job, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would say, "Well, geez, get Cam Newton. He's better than, uh, you know, he's better than Gardner Minshew." I, you're right, he is. But how do you, how do you, in four weeks, yeah. let's say, go from, you know, being not even involved with the team, never even meeting DJ Chark until whenever? And so, it's just to me. There's a lot of hills to climb, and you don't even know right now because he's had shoulder and foot surgery since the last time he was good. I mean, what kind? Who, who are you buying? I have no. I know I, it sounds absurd, but that's my question. No, it's real though, and that was a big topic of conversation for the draft. While well, we couldn't get our hands on this player, we couldn't do this. It has really changed a lot of how the NFL landscape is, and Cam Newton happens to be a victim of that uh, set of circumstances. We're talking to Peter King, column Football Morning in America, worth a read every Monday. We do it in this office. It feels like your conversations deep in the NFL because you have a lot of deep history and you know a lot of people. It feels like it's all revolving around the fallout from this COVID nineteen quarantine because every answer you're giving is like they signed Andy Dalton just because you never know what's going to happen with Dak but also who knows if he's going to get COVID-19 at some point it feels like now the the preseason is going to get moved because of it and there's no international games is that that's the only thing that's happening right now amongst NFL execs and teams is trying to figure out the fallout of this whole thing am I accurate in thinking that with what you're saying I think so Pat because uh, you know I, I really wonder why the NFL is putting out the schedule this week anyway I mean, there's probably 30 or 40% chance they're going to have to change some of it. I mean, in an, in an average year, okay, one of the reasons that teams love putting the schedule out in April is it gives them a signpost and kind of a mile marker. Okay, yeah. starting on April 16th, we're going to be able to sell tickets to our games. Okay, I, I mean... I don't know about you, but if you are a fan of pick a team other than Tampa Bay because they got Brady, but if you're a fan of the Houston Texans, let's say, I mean, are you going to have motivation to buy a week two ticket against the Indianapolis Colts when you don't even know if the game's going to be played? And and I, you know, I don't know a lot of people who are going to be rushing to the ticket window knowing that there's a decent chance, at least early in the season, 
that in many places, maybe all places, games will be played without fans. Well, let alone the thought of getting back into public with people because Texas did open it back up this weekend. But a lot of people coming out of this, I mean, that stimulus check was needed for a lot of people. So now I think the NFL doing the draft was a great distraction. Like, I am very thankful that they did it. I think it gave a lot of people hope. Obviously, the numbers were massive and things like that. The schedule, though, if you're inevitably going to have to change it, and every team knows that they're inevitably going to have to change it, it does feel like a, a kind of a waste of time to the schedule makers and to everybody. But we'll dissect it for sure on this show, Peter King. Each and every game, we will. Of course, everybody's going to talk about it and what it means and you know, and so let's say that uh, because I kind of think that the first game will be Houston at Kansas City. If I'm Houston, you know why I like that? Because and whoever gets that first game, you got to play at Kansas City anyway. Wouldn't it be nice to have a chance to play that game, even how weird it'll be in silence? Oh, <laughs> you know, and the I mean, home <laughs> yeah. of the Chiefs. <laughs> But I mean, you know, it, I, and plus, I always think that team that plays the first game on that Thursday, I would always want to do that. I know Ron Rivera one year hated the Panthers having to play that first game, you know, in the Super Bowl rematch against Denver. And I was saying, but why? You get a mini buy out of it. You know, you already have your regular buy during mm. the season, and now you get another buy because. You're coming out of camp. Everybody's rested and everything, and then you don't play your next game till eleven days later or whatever. I, but 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 anyway, be that as it may, the couple things about the schedule that I think you're going to find interesting. My guess is that one of the things that the NFL would like to do is to have the schedule be portable, and by that I mean, let's say that it's a better idea that the NFL doesn't start because they want to play with fans. Let's say they don't start until October 15th. Well, maybe they can, or October 8th, I think it is. Maybe they can just take the first four games of the season and take weeks one through four and put them in January. You know, And then you start the playoffs on February 6th. You still are able to have the Super Bowl in the month of February in Tampa on February 28th. Those are the kind of things I think we'll all be looking for. That plus the fact that after Tampa Bay signed Tom Brady, I am sure, sure that Tampa Bay, uh, you know, their their number of national games uh, went from maybe like one to four, you know, in terms of, you know, primetime games. They'll already, they would have already been on a couple of doubleheader games because they would have been a better team. But I bet Tampa becomes a much higher profile team now after adding Brady. Last question here about Tampa. Uh, Gronk alleged that he had the playbook four weeks before he signed with Tampa Bay. Then he came out and said he was joking. He, you know, just being the Gronk, being a great co-host, an electric co-host. Tom Brady's meeting with Byron Leftwich. This is two times now that the NFL has had to answer questions from other GMs and coaches about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doing something a little bit off. Is there more to that and they're just trying to put that out or is that all just a bunch of BS because we're in the middle of quarantine with nothing to talk about? I think it's a little bit of the latter, but... I think any time um, that a segment, uh, you know, clearly a football fandom and any time, you know, a segment of football media, you know, can jump on either the Patriots or Tom Brady or, or anything having any tentacles with the Patriots, they'll obviously jump on it. But I think it's a fair question to ask. If Rob Gronkowski says 
that I had the playbook, you know, for X period of time before I signed with them. Um, I mean, Rob Gronkowski was property of the New England Patriots at the time. And if that indeed happened, I would think if I was the Patriots, I wouldn't be really happy about that. Um, And if there's any linkage to anybody with the Buccaneers giving Rob Gronkowski a playbook uh, on pick a date, you know, March 20th or whatever, that is something that if I were the league, I definitely would uh, investigate. And if and if I found that it was real, I'd, I'd sanction Tampa Bay. You can't be given play, you know, your playbook to to uh, guys who technically are property of other teams in the league, even though we all knew that Gronk was never going to play for the Patriots again. Let them know, Peter. And also, I think quarantine has really made everything get blown out of proportion. Uh, before we let you go, and I can't thank you enough for your time, you've been covering the sports world, football for a long time. This last, uh, well, Alex Smith, obviously insane. I did not know the in-depth, the depths of that. That Project 11 has been awesome. But the last dance has captivated the world. Do you remember anything like a basketball team selling out a basket or a football stadium like they did down in Atlanta or any of those things out of the dream team? What was it like to be alive during that time? Just insanity, I assume? You know, Pat, the one the one thing, I, because I've never, since I was a Cub reporter in Cincinnati in the 80s, I never covered anything, you know, full time other than pro football. But I, I actually saw the first great moment of Michael Jordan's basketball career you know his shot to beat georgetown to win the national championship there in the early 80s in new orleans and the one memory i have of that i keep thinking of it you know as the last dance progresses and we all see first of all what a tremendous job that is being done with that show but about how different jordan is and i'll tell you this is this i have this burned on my brain and it's one of the 10 or 12 things since i've been a sports writer that i'll never forget the rest of my life and that is the morning after michael jordan uh beat georgetown this freshman at north carolina this skinny spindly kid beats georgetown there's about 15 of us who go out to the small lakefront airport in new orleans uh the north carolina tar heels are getting on a plane at 8 a.m. Central Time because Dean Smith wants them back on campus so that anybody on that Tuesday who's got any classes after 12 o'clock is going to have to land in Chapel Hill and go to class that afternoon. So, But they make uh, a, a forward for the team named Matt Doherty and Dean Smith available briefly out at the airport to talk for a couple of minutes. And I notice in the distance you know, wearing a white shirt and tie. It was a warm morning. Uh, And with a film projector in his left hand, with three canisters of film in his right hand, and a gym bag slung over his right shoulder, is Michael Jordan. And I said to Matt Doherty, I said, Matt, why why is Jordan carrying that? I mean, it, it looks, I mean, he's like, Everybody else is just standing around. And he goes, the freshmen always carry the film projector. (laughs) And and I said, he just won the friggin' national championship last night. Somebody cut him a break. Somebody else carries some stuff. Help him. He goes, no, rules are rules. And that is something I'll never forget. But, you know, 
That's my, that's and that's my only Michael Jordan story. It's it's not the best, but it's the only one I got. No, it's not a bad one at all. That's the real thing, though. He told Dean Smith, "I'm going to outwork everybody." That's what he said, and, and he then did. and now he's just this savage competitor who, by the way, has a 1.2 handicap in golf. And somehow, the only time you see him on camera, he's losing in golf. It makes no <laughs> sense to me, ladies and gentlemen. Football morning in America column, and from NBC Sports legend Peter King. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Thank you very much, Pat. Cheers. Take care. Happy you're not a foe anymore. <laughs> all right, all right. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Cinco de Mayo. You know, maybe crack open a cerveza, Donner. Maybe make yourself a Marg, strawberry Marg. Maybe shot tequila. I heard The Rock's got some. Terramana, I believe. It looks good. I mean, he drinks the shit out of it. I was thinking that. Sorry, I just yawned. You probably yawned as well. Thanks for listening to this show. Thanks for everything that you've allowed us to do and enjoy the hell out of it. Once again, if you like the show, tell a friend. If not, just act like this never happened. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.